0: As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun when he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Ladies and gentlemen... <clears throat> Welcome. Welcome back. Episode 57, Michael Old Droid Comedy Podcast. The eponymous podcast, which is a fancy word for saying the title has the person's name in it. So it's the eponymous podcast of mine. I hope you enjoyed the last episode. I had a blast putting it out there. It took two weeks off afterwards. Um, I didn't do anything for the last two weeks because I was so excited about episode 56 with Sean Witherspoon. I obviously lived my life and I was doing a lot of comedy. So I am happy to be here. I'm actually recording from my apartment. It's Saturday afternoon, July 28th, the year of our Lord, 2018. And I am here to bring you some fresh new content and material. Uh, I will start by letting you guys know a couple things going on, just a couple announcements off the bat. I will be performing at Caroline's on August 23rd. Super excited about this booking. This is a this is a very legit uh, opportunity that I'm very thankful for and excited about. We're gonna have guys like Nico White performing that night, Eagle Wit, a couple others that should uh, really make up a great lineup as always at Caroline's Comedy Club in New York. Um, so yeah, come check it out. If you guys are uh, wanting to come see me perform that night, I think it starts at 9.30, hit me up, you guys know how to find me on social media, I'm all over the internet, at the droid, T-H-E-D-R-O-Y-D, that's pretty much my handle for everything, add me on Snapchat, you might get a dick pic, I'm warning you in advance, uh, definitely give me a follow, a fizzolo, alright, cool, uh, I also have an announcement that my website has been revamped recently, I'm very excited. One of my friends, uh, in fact a lady friend of mine, in fact THE lady friend of mine, uh, has taken the liberty to really uh, help me out with my website and uh, give it a nice little overhaul. She helped me with a new calendar section, so you'll see you know, that Caroline's booking there on August 23rd, that's listed. Uh, you'll, you'll see that I'm doing the Baltimore Comedy F- Festival at the end of August, early September, uh, and some dates, uh, that are TBD as far as, you know, other dates. I mean, I, I do comedy almost every night of the week. I don't put everything in my calendar, but I list some, some, some dates that I think would be, uh, the type of opportunities that, uh, I want to promote publicly, Right. If there's any comedy clubs out there that ever see that I don't promote the show on my website, don't hold that against me. I might be too busy to update it. It takes it takes a little bit of work, but because my friend is awesome and made this thing really user friendly, it's actually going to be easier for me from now on. Not to hold. Now I'm like, I'm I'm forcing myself into a pigeonhole that I'm going to have to do this. But really, it's okay because I'm I'm being forced to hold myself accountable to, to update things more frequently now. I'm walking right into a trap uh, that I've set for myself. Oh, golly. What in the Zeus? Um, come check it out, though. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't have merchandise out yet, but I am working on that. If anybody wants any merch, please uh, feel free to email me. The contact information is on the website or DM me on any of my social media, and I will put you in the backlog. I will have... Uh, a couple of different things. If there's a type of merch that you're interested or you want to see, let me know. Uh, always uh, send feedback. Uh, you know, I, 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 everybody has shirts out and things like that. I, I think the the most excited form of merch that I'm gonna go for off the bat is a coffee mug, with you know, with my caricature on it and my brand. Uh, I, I think coffee mugs are extremely functional. Hey, isn't this so exciting talking about merch on my podcast? So I'm gonna move on. Is, is what I'm trying to say. But hit me up if you want some merch or if you have specific, specific merch that you want to see. The customer is always right. So give me a buzz, son or daughter or friend, right? Um, not just, all right. Um, I'm going to start this episode off. We're going to go back to the, the, the format that I've been using lately, which is, you know, I, I try to talk about some things going on in the world of comedy, right? I think that that's, for a new listener, probably the most relevant thing that, uh, that I could talk about. I've already lost probably, if anybody was listening to this podcast for the first time and they heard me talk about my website for two to three minutes, they may have already dropping drop off. But I try to start out if I can with what's going on in the world to keep it uh, fresh for the new listeners. And then as you invest more of your time and energy into getting to know me and who I am and what I'm about, then you may be More interested in hearing the second phase of each show, which is, you know, things going on in my world of comedy and how that often relates to the things that are going on in the world of comedy. And then the final tier after that for the real loyal listeners, uh, the ones that really want to hear the juice about me. I I go into some stories or or things about myself that I have had happen to me either recently or at any point in time, really, that I think are worth sharing on the podcast. Uh, If you stick around till the end today... I may or may not share a story about uh, an interaction I had with this girl on Bumble several months back uh, that that I couldn't help but share with my friends, and the reactions I got from them over dinner was so exciting for them that, I, you know, I can't not talk about it. Does that make sense? Uh, on, uh, publicly in a podcast forum. So, nevertheless, let's get started with what's going on in the world of comedy. I feel like I should, like, play some music or something before I I do that, like, some, some cool music, uh, maybe I should improvise, I don't know, that's, that's, that's not music, that's sound effects, but, uh, we'll see what we can do in the future, all right, maybe I'll tidy it up a notch, all right, Disney is trying to buy Fox, guys, I don't know if you knew this, and it probably isn't surprising, and it seems like some dry news, but I just want to talk about how Disney, um, 21st Century Fox shareholders vote to approve $71.3 billion merger. Wonderful. Another acquisition taking place to make Disney a bigger and bigger empire. The Romans have... They are on the brinks of conquering a new territory of their land and expanding Marcus Aurelius's empire. All right. Uh, that's an analogy that I'm making talking about Disney being like Rome. Uh... In the United States of America, we make monopolies illegal, so to my knowledge, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Disney, Disney and Viacom right now are competing for the gargantuan monopoly of uh, of entertainment, if you will. Uh, those two companies, oh, I forgot, they're also competing with the First Order from Star Wars! Did it! That's a a joke right there. I don't know if you guys could tell. I'm not saying that Viacom and Disney are evil. In fact, it's kind of ironic because the First Order is actually owned by Disney, but it's a a metaphor. It's a joke. Alright? Alright. I'm not saying that it's evil. I'm not saying that money is automatically evil. Alright? Money and power are not automatically evil. However, um, it is what is done with the money and power, uh, in my opinion, that defines what spectrum of good versus evil it is but you know what let's keep this light rather than getting too uh deep on you let's keep it lighthearted, i should say uh so how do you feel about the acquisition are you guys excited do you care you probably don't give a shit i just picked my nose on twitch i apologize for anyone who didn't get to see it for those that, that did get to see it uh you're welcome all right Mergers and acquisitions, guys, it's uh it's quite a quite a thing, man, you know. Does it do you think it'll turn out well? Do you think it'll turn out well for the, the shareholders? What about the employees of twenty first century Fox? What about those? Are the shareholders thinking about the employees and what, what their futures are possibly like? I don't know. All right, but it's out of my control. It's uh it's it's the world of business, guys. All right, next topic. I, I don't really have much to talk about uh, about that, but it is big news in the world of entertainment. Let's talk more comedy now, because that's that's kind of zoomed out. Let's start to zoom in right now. Uh, not long ago, they talked. They released the Emmy uh, comedy cat well, categories by all as far as nominees go. So I'm gonna recap just a couple thoughts on the Emmy the Emmys and the comedy categories or the Emmy categories. Uh, Right now, outstanding outstanding comedy series nominees. I feel like I'm someday. I would like to be one of those people that either hosts an award show or uh, or gets to announce like one of the winners. I'd also like to win some stuff too, right? I, I want to hit the full spectrum, but uh, and the outstanding. Yeah, I'm gonna practice is what I'm trying to say, right? And the outstanding comedy series nominees are the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I've never even heard of this show to be honest. I don't know what it is. That's how out of touch I am. Uh, Blackfish from ABC, this is my Brad Pitt face right here for the Twitch viewers, Uh, Glow from Netflix, Atlanta, FX, imagine like a quick trailer playing after each of these, Barry from HBO, Silicon Valley, HBO, Curb Your Enthusiasm, HBO, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt from Netflix, alright, I promise you I'm not gonna do that again. Uh, unless I'm ever hosting the awards that that's pretty drab right there but I I, I actually the only shows that I even know of this is how out of touch I don't have time for TV really I need I need to pay more attention to what's going on but Silicon Valley I'm aware of I watched like two episodes of that TJ Miller basically played a role in that movie that I was in real life with the startup company that I joined with friends Um, I want to get TJ Miller on my podcast so we could talk about it you know the character versus the person in real life. Uh, uh, but he hasn't responded to my emails recently. So I, I guess I'm just going to have to keep on trying. He does perform at uh, the Lantern in Greenwich Village sometimes, which is where I've done a lot of stuff. So maybe one of these days I'll, I'll meet him in person and chat with him there uh, and maybe make friends with him. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Maybe I have to put on my Deadpool costume to get a conversation with him. Are, uh curb your enthusiasm i've obviously heard of a lot of people like that uh, I, I i just don't have time for these shows but anyway those are the uh outstanding comedy series all right guys don't worry i'm not going to sit here and bore you by by sitting here and reading every single nominee from every category however i do want to just mention a couple things i noticed that on this website they listed the the actresses before the actors you know so hey you know that's that's uh showing some love to the feminists out there i just want to i want to highlight that right without even taking a stance on it i just want to highlight it and let it know that people are doing things right to try and show their support for the the me too movement all right uh i don't recognize any of these actresses for lead actress in a comedy series i'm not going to read them you can Google them. Outly, outstanding lead actor in a comedy series, Donald Glover, I recognize from Atlanta, and Bill Hader, aka Barry, from HBO. So, yeah, Donald Glover's been been everywhere, you know, recently. He's really infiltrating the system. Uh, hey, Donald Glover, you want to grab lunch sometime? Maybe we can, uh, you know, talk about uh, you know, my social media, and maybe I could take a picture with you and tag you in it, and then you repost it, and, you know, I'll get some more followers or something. You, you want to do that for me, Donald Glover? I don't know. What can I do for you in return? You know, some quid pro quo? I don't know. You know? <laughs> I don't know what I can offer. I don't know what I can offer you, bro. But but I'd like to do it if we can. Okay, cool. See ya. What else? Uh, outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. Uh, I recognize three of these ladies, and they're all from Saturday Night Live. Three of the, it looks like, eight names. We got Kate McKinnon, AD Bryant, and Leslie Jones. So that's that's exciting. Congratulations to them. Kate McKinnon. I think I talked about her not too long ago. Uh, I got to see some of them. Uh, What's my story with her when I was waiting? uh, I went to Saturday Night Live to check out one of their shows a few years ago. I've talked about this before, and just hearing stories uh, from people that were waiting to see the cast leave. uh, Like me, I felt like a fangirl, like a 14 year old fangirl, standing out there by myself in the cold, along with like a bunch of teenagers. Waiting to see a glimpse of their their star heroes, uh, but all the all of the Saturday Night Live cast members that I remember coming out um, uh, of SNL studios there were very nice. Everyone like greeted the fans and they were respectful. It's good, you know. I, I liked getting a glimpse of that to 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 like show me how not to be an asshole. Not that I need that, but it's a good reminder of. It's like it's good practice. It's it's good, uh, you know, just kind of immersing myself. Oh, hey, hey, thanks, Kate McKinnon, for showing me how to be a nice person to your fans. You know, sign on to grass, be nice, give them hugs, kisses on the cheeks. Awesome. Okay, cool. There was one girl who asked Colin Jost if he would marry her, and she was like 14 or whatever, and he said yes, and she got so excited. She's like, oh, my gosh, he said yes. Did you guys hear that? So... Colin Jost is uh, engaged, guys, is is what I'm trying to say. Him and Ariana Grande uh, and Pete Davidson. Uh, Pete Davidson, Ariana Grande are getting married, and then Colin Jost and that 14-year-old girl that I got to witness their engagement. uh, I was very excited for them. I took pictures, and I masturbated later that night thinking about their wedding night. All right, that's disgusting. Uh, That's actually extremely disgusting. I don't know why I just said that. Uh, She's 14. I... I was thinking about Colin jost naked. That's my way of covering my tracks to ensure that I don't sound like a pedophile uh, because pedophile jokes are not funny at all, and I'm going to have to remove this entire section of the the thing because I, I always masturbate, and I, just, I didn't even realize that I was talking. All right, cool. Later. Peace. I'm going to end the podcast there. Kidding. All right. Um, Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. Alec Baldwin from SNL and Kenan Thompson from SNL. That's exciting. I'm very happy for both of them. I saw that. uh, I follow Pete Davidson on Instagram now. He's captured my attention through this exciting... firework spectacle that him and ariana grande are going through right now they, they both seem head over heels for each other the the infatuation level and love i did i dare to say in no way am i uh assessing or 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 in any way putting it down i'm excited for them but i, I like to watch the updates uh from pete davidson on instagram and i saw that he was very happy for Keenan thompson so that was cool he was showing him a lot of love and good good stuff you know anyway Netflix is going to drop a ridiculous amount of stand-up in 2019. Uh, this is my next update, if you couldn't tell that that was a transition. Uh, so that's, that's a big news, right? I, I hope they're not oversaturating the market with comedy specials, but uh, they are releasing them. And hey, you know, maybe this means I'll get a special, huh? Hey, can I get a special? Can I get a special or what, you know? Uh, I asked Donald Glover if you know if he'd let me take an Instagram picture with him so I can get some more followers from some teens, You know, some, some some Generation Z people, you know? Cause it's, uh you know, Twitter and Instagram really matter. You know what I mean? So, uh, all right, uh, what, am I, what am I trying to say, guys? I, I actually forgot my train of thought. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is instead of saying Netflix and chill, want a, to a Netflix and chill? Uh, next year there's gonna be so many comedy specials that people are gonna be like hey want a comedy special and chill with me want a Netflix and comedy special want a Netflix comedy special and chill uh, that's gonna be the new thing uh, a lot of people are gonna be laughing during intercourse you know what I mean? <laughs> hey who's this uh, Donald Glover guy this is hilarious oh by the way you, you got a rag that I can clean up with Or, all right uh, you got a all right hey old droid uh Hey, look at that. I'm making myself laugh while I'm on TV, and I'm having intercourse right now. I'm doing a comedy Netflix and chill, and I'm having sex while listening to me. Okay, that'd be fun. Um, anybody want to participate in that intercourse act with me while we watch my potential, my hypothetical Netflix and chill in 2019? We can we can set a, a date somewhere in 2019 to try and make that happen, as long as I am single at that time because I'm not single right now guys that's that's exciting I don't know if I told you but I'm in an exclusive relationship with a very lovely lady friend who uh, has been helping me on my podcast she told me not to announce she's, she's so cool because she told me not to like let the public know that I'm in a relationship because she thinks it'd be like better for my career right now to seem more attainable by the ladies and there will be like a bigger market demand for me. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not in a relationship guys. Cool. Alrighty then. Um, what else? Michael Che, I saw an article today. He was blasting anti-comedy comedy. Uh, you know basically what he's saying is that everyone's okay I don't want to I don't want to speak for him but what I think he was trying to say if I if I perceived it quickly in my skimming of the article is that Michael Che thinks that comedy is a lot more watered down you know people like hating on comedy or like so pc now um, that it, that it, that it's not even it's not even funny it's not comedy anymore it's called anti comedy comedy Right, and I think that there is a lot of that. People are so afraid of what to say. It's like stifling comedians' inner voice. Uh, and and I think that one of the one of the greatest amend, uh, amendments of the of our constitution, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm speaking correctly, it's been so long since history class is freedom of speech, right? Um, the the ability to have a voice, the ability to speak your inner voice, and I think a a stand-up comedian is a platform. To cultivate that in its purest form, uh, and I, I think what he's saying is, don't stifle your inner voice, fools, and and also be funny, right? Somebody, somebody got somebody was like, hey Michael, you know, comedy equals tragedy plus time, and I think that in, in some ways that those are some ingredients that can lead to f- fertile humor, but they're not the only ingredients involved, and I you know Michael's response. I liked it. He, he actually said no you need a punchline too fool you can't just walk out and say hi the holocaust good night right you, you know you can't just talk about tragedy and then give it time you know and and then call it comedy you have to have a punchline for it um, I'm not going to do a call it I'm not going to do a holocaust joke even though I have a really good one all right. Uh, I saw Jay Pharoah. I can't say that and not say the joke, you guys. <laughs> but uh, I am part Jewish, right? Um, I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, I am part Jewish, so I can say that. That's one of the things that I... Maybe maybe Michael Che wouldn't appreciate this, but I, I, I'm mixed, right? My mom's from the Philippines. She's half Filipino, half, half white. So 75% of me and my ancestors are from, like... Uh, you know, Europe, all over Europe, and 25% of me is from Asia and the Pacific Islands, like the Philippines, uh, and all that stuff. So it kind of gives me a little bit more, I feel more freedom to, to to say racial jokes. Now is the worst time to be a 100% white guy, uh, and, and try to talk about anything racial or anything elitist at all. Uh, so... All right, are you guys still with me? Okay, <laughs> you still want to hear the Holocaust joke? Or... All right, guys, I, I don't I actually don't do Holocaust humor because I had a, um, I had a family member who died in the Holocaust, and uh, you know it, it's just it's kind of you know it's uh, it's it's a touchy thing for, for my family and, and I uh, you know what happened is that you know my my family member actually fell off the uh, the guard tower so no uh in all seriousness i think i am part german and i am part jewish uh, which is an interesting combo nevertheless though that joke is not true and i didn't even make it up i can't remember where i heard it uh but it is that'll cut that'll cut deep Uh, that'll cut pretty deep all right anyway let's uh move on from this i'm digging a digging a hole here that i need to get out of all right i saw jay uh Farrow a week or two ago that was pretty cool jay pharaoh hey you know uh he was performing at the gotham comedy club uh very high energy very funny i've never seen him live before speaking of you know we're talking about saturday night live he was doing impressions i think he did an impression of keenan thompson at one point too if i if i remember correctly but he really he was really going all out on stage I loved watching his commitment to the act and the, the energy level that he brought he was sweating he was sweating on stage it was really hot now um, he uh, he was very you could tell he's talented you know what I mean yeah, the audience really liked it I also saw him uh, online today uh, when I was uh, checking out I think I was like looking something up on YouTube and there was an ad and it was Jay Farrow advertising Wix websites which uh, I'm I'm, sh- I'm going to give a shout-out to Wix really quick, because that's that's the platform I use to build my website. It's a very relevant platform. So technically, I'm also doing an advertisement for Wix. So me and Jay Farrow have something in common. We're both comedians, and uh, we both advertise for Wix. Uh, the only difference, I guess, is that uh, he gets paid for both. <laughs> hey, yo. All right. Um... Here's a random statement. I just I just want to rant for a second and say that the entertainment business just has so much politicking, you know, politics and like schmoozing. It, it's it's just like any business though. There's there's a lot of ego, there's a lot of politicking and it's it's something that I would like to just not do, but I know that I live in the real world and if I choose to not politic at all, well I, I'm not even going to say I don't politic. If I if I don't choose to accept that that's how things are, not that you can always be the change that you want to see in the world. And I and I am taking an active effort in that. And you know the politicking that I do do, I want it to be genuine in the areas that I would politic. You know that I would politic, whether whether you want to call it politicking or not, because I, I don't I don't like politicking. Right? I don't even know if you guys know what I'm talking about. You're like, is this guy trying to get into politics? What's he talking about? It's just weird. Uh, but no, I'm. I'm. What I'm saying is, I. I don't like being disingenuous. Uh, you know, I took a Strength Finder assessment through Work a while back, and empathy was my greatest strength. So empathy, sincerity, and uh, you know, caring, uh, sympathy. You know, um, conscientiousness. So those things don't really blend well with politicking. But I can see it. I can see it and you can cut through it with a knife. You know, you know, you're out people size you up that are in the entertainment business if they don't know you to try to you know like get a feel for like your status level because if you're if you don't meet a certain threshold, you almost have to like walk around with your credentials on your chest. I I feel like in the entertainment business or any business where you're trying to like move up, you got to like wear a name tag that shows like a quick bullet point of the top 3 things on your resume, like your TV credits uh, you know, like, what do you have in the pipeline? You know, <laughs> like, what do you have to offer me? You, you need to be able to show people what can you offer me in order for them to want to talk to you. I'm not saying everyone's like this, but, uh, it, it just business in general, it, sadly is that way. Even I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to call it any organization specifically. I'm just going to say it's, it's a, it's a, one of the changes in the world that I'd like to, uh, evoke change with by looking in the mirror being the man in the, being take a look in the man in the mirror or is the michael jackson song yeah cool all right i the first thing you have to do to get rid of a problem is to acknowledge it right and then you take action how am i taking action i am trying to be myself in all situations and associate with people that i genuinely like not just because they can offer something great all right is anybody horny after hearing that rant Cause I am, I sure in the, I sure as, I sure as heaven am, let me just scratch my head for a quick sec. You know, I I guess another way of saying what I'm trying to say is, uh, it's like a, imagine if human beings were like stocks, right? Uh, it's like, people are constantly evaluating your stock price. If your stock price is higher than theirs in their own mind, then they're gonna to wanna to talk to the, to you. If it's equal to, usually equal to, they may not wanna talk as much, but if it's higher, they wanna associate with you so that they can get pulled up. Uh, if, if they appraise that your stock is equal to or lower, especially lower, they usually try to point their heads a different direction. You can just feel it, right? You can feel it. I felt it when Dane Cook met me uh, in person I could tell that he did not want to interact uh, with me, and I just wanted to tell him how much I, you know, how much he influenced me in comedy, and that he was, in a lot of ways, uh, a hero of mine. But you know, you could tell that. Uh, hey, hey, Dane, how's hi? How's it? He's like walking away, like coughing as we're. <laughs> uh, I was like, hey, hey, Dane, how's how's it going? He's like, good. How about you? But when he when he said, how about you? It wasn't a genuine how about you, and let me listen to your answer. It was a, how about you, such that he could, like, not have as bad of karma, right? Like, like he said, how about of you, just so he would seem like less of an asshole, but he, you know, it was better than, he knew that, like, it's it's worse karma. I'm evaluating that he knew it was worse karma to not, to say, to not say anything at all. So he said, how about you? But I don't think he listened to my response, you know? It was, it was an unfortunate, uh time in my life there that night that I met Dane Cook <laughs> <sighs> people say it's it's a disappointment to meet your favorite celebrity oftentimes and in that particular situation I can say it's true not to hate on Dane Cook I mean uh, when he first came out he was his comedy was spectacular in my in my opinion a lot of comedians would say different but I, I truly feel like Dane's stuff was was brilliant. Um, and I, I, also give him the benefit of the doubt. The night that I met him, I'm sure he's got people trying to come and talk to him all the time. And who's this new dude creeping on him that he's never seen before, right? So, it is what it is. I forgive you, Dan Cook. Uh, I forgive you, man. Go to heaven. That's my, that's my catchphrase. Go to heaven. All right. What else was I gonna say? I keep on wanting to say that uh, it's like, jo- you know, when you're when you're in the entertainment business. Uh, and in your politicking, it's like a constant jockeying for positioning, right? Uh, people might smile at you one day, like as soon as they find out that your stock price is higher than they originally thought. Then there's there's no, they don't say, "Hey, I misevaluated you." They just start being more friendly, right? And vice versa. I think if you get in trouble, people will just kind of disappear, right? I, I can see right through. As a as a person with a great amount of emotional intelligence, I can see right through it uh i try not to be presumptuous so i try not to make accusations i try to give people the benefit of the doubt but it is what it is right you get what i'm talking about uh all right let's move on to something who uh ah, here's an analogy about that i think it's important to be reminded of um I saw a quote something somewhere once. It said, uh, "You won't have truly lived until you help somebody that has no way of repaying you for the help you've given them." Meaning that it's kind of the opposite of this politicking thing, right? Like, how it's very satisfying and, and gratifying to help someone where you truly know that you they can never repay you one, and that you're never going to get anything in return other than the 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 gratification of helping them out right it's the opposite of politicking and i think that that's cool and i think that there's this dude in my life right now who's kind of serving that purpose for me i think maybe god is like working through this person (laughs) to help remind me to be accountable for my own words which which is don't just try to associate with people um don't give into the politicking I'll give you an example. There's this dude. He's not in the entertainment business. I knew him from my old roommate uh, in California uh, through Colin was his name. And this dude, even the church people tried to avoid this guy, right? Let me tra- let me try to describe this dude for you. I'm not going to say his name, but Colin was very religious. And I went to church with him uh, once that I can remember. Uh, we-, we chatted about the Lord uh, a few times. And... Um, Without without getting you know into those specifics, whether or not you believe in God, um, or or what your definition of God is, right? Like some people, there's a lot of different definitions, I, I suppose you could say. Uh, nevertheless, though, this dude was he would go to their. When I would hang out with Colin, his he was always hanging out with his church group, right? That that was their network, that was his network, and there was this one dude that would would he was part of that group, but. But even even for the people in the church group, they wanted to avoid this guy, right? So I think it was like the ultimate test of their devotion to God is is can you guys deal with this this dude that keeps trying to hang out who's really weird and annoying and he's like always asking personal questions and uh, just he's around and you don't know how to like get rid of him type thing. I think that God... I think you know, like, you know how Morgan Freeman in Bruce Almighty came back and he was actually the homeless man at the the very end? You know, like, I think, uh, you know, another analogy, have you seen the movie Immortals where, uh, what's his face? Um, Zeus is hiding in an old man's body, uh, while he trains and kind of like is a mentor for, uh the dude that ends up being Superman later on, you know, basically the the main character of Immortals. I think that's what God is doing for me right now. I think he's testing me through this annoying dude uh, that won't stop hitting me up on Facebook. I wish I could read the conversations. I get daily messages from this guy, right? He keeps on telling me that he wants to move to New York and that he needs my help, right? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I've never... It's so irresponsible in my opinion, to lean on me for everything, you know, uh, it's almost as if he's like, huh, I don't even want to take it that far. Uh, it's like he's, he's leaning on me a little too hard. If you, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, and it's like, dude, take a step back. He, he gives me updates on everything that he's doing. on trying to give, move to New York and my inbox consistently just, I hear a, like a ding, 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 like over and over. Messages, questions. How much does your rent cost in New York? Hey man, I really need you. I'm gonna be coming out. Are you gonna be free? What's your, what's August looking like for you? Uh, I'm gonna come out to New York. I, I'd really love to get together. That's like, dude, please, like, leave me alone. But, but then again, I, you know, just in case, <laughs> that might be God though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I can't be a dick. Now that's so hypocritical of me to, uh, it would I think it's bullshit if I only was nice to him in the off chance that he might be God. Uh, No, Uh, I'm being nice to him because that's the right thing to do Uh, without, you know, giving too much of myself away. I, you know, I'm trying to help this dude out. He's very dependent. He's not independent at all. And he's latching on to me like a, like a barnacle, like, uh, like I'm, Like he wants to have some type of symbiotic relationship, except it's not mutually beneficial. It's just him leeching off of me, right? There's nothing I'm getting out of it except, you know, that, like, that reassurance that he might be God. (laughs) Is that, is that heinous? I wonder if you guys can even understand what the hell I'm trying to, what the heaven I'm trying to convey here. Um, I don't know, you know. What if God was one of us? Just a stranger, like one of us, just trying to find his way home. Man, how about that voice there, guys? Huh? Oh, so anyway, uh, this dude's trying to move out to New York. And I don't want to help him too much because then that's going to like strengthen our relationship. And then we're going to get closer. And then naturally, like, he's going to want to like hang out with me all the time if he does move to New York. So it's like, like this fine line i don't know i guess like if i ever become a celebrity i got to get used to people trying to like reach out to me constantly wanting help with stuff i i guess that's what happens so maybe this is god like giving me an immunity he's this is god (laughs) he's kind of like injecting me with some immunity you know if i learn how to deal with with this character here maybe i'll be better at knowing how to react to it when there's like 50 of them in my life or hundreds of them, uh, in my life in the future. So I just want to say thanks to God real quick for, for putting this person in my life and teaching me all the, the great lessons that I'm learning through it. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let's move on from that silliness. Uh, I know that's some, some deep stuff. A lot of people, I did a podcast, uh, earlier this week with two atheists, actually. Uh, we didn't get into religion much, but they were very vocal about their atheism, which I may talk about uh, in a bit. I'm not here to preach, right? So it's not my place to, to sit around and, uh, try to convince anyone that God exists, uh, uh, and I have a reason for that—a reason that I, uh, preaching is is not my deal. Uh, nevertheless, though, uh, it was a great time. We had a great podcast, and I'm gonna move on from the God stuff. All right, Jeremy Piven, right? Uh, I saw him. Do you stand? I met him. You uh, know, I think it was a week and a half ago. Jeremy Piven. I saw him at Gotham Comedy Club the night Jay Farrow was performing, and he was—he was, uh, he was not, First, I was sitting in the back, like the vip section because i'm so i i was gonna say i'm so cool but actually i got really lucky uh the people at gotham were really nice to me uh, and and they gave me the opportunity it was a sold out show they knew that jeremy piven was coming because he's doing stand-up now i don't know if you guys knew this um for those of you that don't know jeremy piven was like the star one of the stars in entourage he's the the big time agent ari for uh adrian grenier's character uh, I've also seen Jeremy. All right, all right, let's do one thought at a time. Jeremy Piven came back in the VIP section where I was chilling out. He had some girls with him, and he gave me a head nod. and I gave him. A, we gave each other a head nod at the same time, and it was like, wow. Me, me and Jeremy Piven just gave each other a head nod. This is, I can, I, I, I'm not going to say I can go home and die now, but I, I felt cool right? I felt good about that. He, it was, it was, it was a genuine head nod. Uh, he got on stage. You can tell he's, he's been working hard on, you know, stand up's a different beast, right? Than acting or anything else, but it was really cool to see his stuff. I can tell a lot of people have been helping him, uh, you know, with the writing and, and things like that. Obviously he's an actor, so he's good with the delivery on things, but making something your voice, right? That's, that's, that takes a long time. Um, and I, I Jeremy, Jeremy's off to, to a great start, right? Um, uh, it's, it's interesting to see. Um, you know, it's interesting to see his stand up. And I got to meet him after the show, actually. He was, he was cool. He did his set. Um, and I was leaving. I was texting my buddy, Danny. Actually, you guys have heard him in the podcast. He's the one with the dog, Ari. It was one of the more downloaded podcasts that I've had, Danny Religert. Daniel R. Religert. Actually, I don't know his middle name, but I think his middle initials are. Anyway, Danny, you know, he's got the daughter now. So, Danny's dog's name is Ari, and I told Danny, he's like, dude, tell him my dog is named after him, because he is. He actually named his dog Ari after, I think it's Ari Gold. Is that the name of the character in Entourage? Anyway, Ari is the name of the character in Entourage, and I told him that, so, you know, Danny said, dude, get him to do your podcast, right? And, uh all I could muster up when I walked out was, hey, uh, my buddy named his dog after you. (laughs) Uh, but he was cool. I was like, I mean that in a good way, Ari, uh, not to, like, compare you to a dog, and then I felt weird, but he was cool. He, he's like, there's a lot of dogs out there named Ari. All right, cool, man. So, he was with some ladies and I didn't want to impede. I wished him luck and then I went home and masturbated. Uh, not to Ari, but to the chicks that he was with. All right, awesome. Um, so good luck to Ari in his stand-up career. Maybe I'll see him again. Uh, maybe uh, maybe he would like to represent me. I don't know. You know, as a, as a, as my agent? Ah, or no, you're doing comedy. Okay, so sorry. Now now we're competitors. Okay, I don't know. What, what, what do we do here? I don't know, Jeremy. Uh, I I'm not sure what to do now. I I was gonna ask you if you could represent me, but I was gonna give you my business card. All right. Uh, do you want to do my podcast? No. Okay. I didn't. Hey, Jeremy Piven, if you're listening to this, I forgot to ask you. Do you want to do my podcast sometime? I'd love to have you on. So if you're interested, let me know. Uh, you know where to find me at the Droid. All right. Uh, what else is going on, guys? Right. That's that's some fun stuff about Jeremy Piven. Oh my Zeus! Right. What in the heaven? I think that that's a good transition to what's going on in the world of comedy to what's going on in my world of comedy, right? I kind of blended that in there. Um, And uh, with that said, uh, this week, here's another kind of big update. This week uh, and last week has, are you guys tired? I feel like we need a music break or something. I'm not, I am not, I can't, there's nobody here with me, but I just sense that you guys are going to take a quick, you need like a quick break. Let me, let me, let me turn to, let me like play some music for you a second just to kind of gather yourselves. Let's do an intermission, huh? And we are back. We are back, gammon. I, I remember I was getting a, a ride to the airport once from this uh, Indian guy in a cab At uh, I was eating in the back seat and he said, what are you eating? He, I, you know, I, was, I don't know. And then he goes, oh, saving time? Saving private Ryan. Like he said the saving private Ryan to himself. He wasn't trying to be funny, but that's one of the funniest things I've ever experienced. Saving time? Ah, saving private Ryan. It was... Uh, It was very humorous. So anyway, uh, what's going on in the world as well as what I have to do with with comedy? This week and last week have been the famous Montreal Comedy Festival, a.k.a. Just for Laughs. It's, you know, the biggest comedy festival of the year, pretty much. One of my friends here uh, who does comedy here in New York, his name is Usama Siddiqui, was on the Fresh Faces list this year, which is a huge, huge, huge deal. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew know Usama. He uh, his Twitter handle is Usama Bin Laughing. So he's uh, he's a very funny dude. He likes to make fun of white people. Uh, he's from India originally, uh, and he likes to make fun of white people very much. Uh, and and basically, uh, I think one of his funniest jokes is he said that he, he talks about the evil white person laugh, and he said the the, the harder the more evil the white person is. <laughs> the farther back he tilts his head when he laughs, right? So the way he acts it out is actually extremely funny. Uh, guys, it sucks to be a white person right now. Uh, thanks, Usama, for making us feel special. Uh, uh, for, for making 75% of me feel like a terrible person. For just having the skin color that I do. <laughs> Congratulations, Usama, for, for on all seriousness. Like, that's awesome, man, that he's out there. I saw one of my buddies, too, uh, somehow got a... Like he got like a guest pass, which is a big deal. Uh, if you if you get a guest pass from like one of the somebody who's performing, that it's just like association, right? It's it's that politicking thing. Like his stock goes up just because of that. So, shout out to my man Phil Ducket. I don't. I'm guessing that you got that uh, that that pass, Phil, from Usama. Two things, Usama. I'm jealous that you would give Phil a pass, and Phil, you owe me a spot. I put you on my show. A couple months back, because you're funny, but we traded spots, dude, so you need to put me up in your fucking show soon. All right, that's not a threat. Hi, I love you. All right, cool. Um, anywho. Oh, one of my friends who's actually an agent, uh, a comedy agent, is also at Just Relapse. I get to see her wonderful Instagram stories, uh, her story updates constantly, and that's that's fun to get the insider scoop and uh, the eye, right? the all-seeing eye the third eye, if you will of the Montreal Comedy Festival so that's fun anyway, I, I mentioned before that I got into the Baltimore Comedy Festival, so that's really exciting I'm going to do that and I'm going to start getting out on the road more guys, the plan is to start working the road a little bit I'm going to try to make a, a trip to DC and do some comedy out there uh, Baltimore Comedy Festival is the first week of September uh, super excited to be showcasing for them Check it out if you're gonna be in Baltimore. It's gonna be a blast. Just Google it. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna to start touring. If you want me to come to your city, hit me up. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let you know if I'm coming through, or uh, you know, we can set some set set something up. Subscribe to my emailing list, and we can uh, we can have sex. All right. Let's see here. Hey, uh, here's something cool that happened to me in the world of comedy not too long ago. I was watching Crashing with my with my lady friend. Ooh, a lady friend? I don't have a lady friend. All right. Uh, I was watching comedy. I was watching Crashing, binge watching, and I realized kind of how similar of a life I live in in a lot of ways to Pete Holmes in that show. I don't know if you guys watch Crashing. It's a lot of fun, but they're actually filming season three now. The next day after I watched like six episodes of Crashing, I'm walking by the comedy cellar, Um, and they have a couple different rooms, you know, to, to get on stage there. And I could see on the TV that Pete Holmes was on stage with Judd Apatow in one room and on the, in the other room, Dave Attell was on stage. And I had just watched an episode, you know, basically including all three of them the day before. So they were on stage and they were also filming Crashing that day. You know, there's a bunch of, the film crew, if you will, was outside the comedy cellar and it was pretty cool to, uh, you know, just kind of be immersed in that. And I tweeted about it, right? I tweeted about it, and the Comedy seller freaking retweeted me. It gave me a huge boner. Feel free to check it out. I got a bunch of followers just from that retweet. Uh, and I I got followed by one of the, the comedy clubs out here, Stand Up New York, which gave me a huge boner. Uh, so, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is Twitter <laughs> Twitter is, is relevant. It does have... Some kind of an effect? All right. Uh, It it helps. I don't know. It's weird. You would think that something as insignificant that social media seems like it's a tool, I guess, right? It's a platform. So the tool itself may seem silly, but it works. Um, And... uh, all about that following son so follow me on twitter guys at the droid all right i've said that a hundred times i apologize just trying to pause this fucking podcast type in the droid on every single social media platform right now t-h-e-d-r-o-y-d pause pause this shit all right type it in and then unpause this and keep listening please all right i love you if i if i came off harsh there i apologize oh man i feel like You know, once I got that retweet from the comedy seller, my my comedy stock price went up. You know what I mean? So, there were some people politicking toward me that weren't politicking toward me before. Uh, So, I guess it's... the, The stock price made a move. All right. Um... You gonna sell or you're gonna buy? Huh? Huh? You gonna you just gonna you gonna sell my stock just because I got a retweet from Comedy Seller? You know, you think you're you're profiting there? Come on, why don't you save it for the long haul? It's like the SP five hundred. Guaranteed guaranteed to go up over the course of time, guys. Alright. I hope it's guaranteed to go up. We'll see. Uh, the trends of the past of the S P five hundred. For those of you that follow any kind of stocks, you know, know that the past has been positive over the course of time, but there is nothing guaranteed, right? I mean, look at every empire that rose and fell throughout history. Rose and fell throughout history. Not to foreshadow or create some type of prophecy for the United States, but that's the trend, guys. No empire can last forever. Except gods. Oh my gosh, is this guy religious? What is his deal? All right, let's keep going. Um, I... Uh, I mentioned Stand Up New York. That's a comedy club that I'm trying to get into, so that's pretty cool that they followed me on Twitter. That's a good start, guys. Uh, they're a comedy club in the Upper West Side. They're by the Beacon Theater, uh, and uh, I got some buddies that perform there. Gino Bisconte was... I think the tweet that got got a little excitement from the comedy salary, I, I mentioned Gino Bisconte. I perform with him often at LOL, and I saw him in Crashing. I mentioned him in that tweet, along with like five to ten other people that I've known in the comedy scene over the years that I saw in Crashing. I'm watching Crashing. I'm like, dude, I recognize that dude. Oh shit, I recognize that girl. Oh shit, I recognize that person from like either mostly from LA when I was living in LA. And these are some of the people that were like doing the open mic scene in LA like seven years ago. So hey, seven years and you can get uh you can get on the TV show Crashing Guys if you dedicate seven years of your life to stand up. No. I'm I'm excited for them. That was really awesome. I'd like to get on that show. If I can, all right, cool. Talking about the Upper West Side, cool area. Yeah, that's where the chicks, uh, that's where the milfs hang out, right? It's like the Sex in the City part of New York, the Upper, the Upper West Side, meaning the upper uppity, higher class milfs, either with families or the Sex in the City type chicks. I feel like Sex in the City is the Upper West Side. Um, the Beacon Theater, that's where I saw Amy Schumer f- perform a few years ago with like seven, seven of her posse judd apatow was one of the people that opened for her i actually talked to to judd apatow about that performance when i met him which was pretty cool uh colin quinn actually my friend that took me to that show danielle she she got us free tickets to the amy schumer show she hates when i tell her that she looks like amy schumer by the way she she, danielle if you're out there i love you uh, anyway, she took me to see Amy Schumer. Uh, and uh, I was like, hey, when are you going to get on stage? But anyway, she got to hang out with Colin Quinn after that show. She's like, you shouldn't have left. I'm hanging out with Colin Quinn." I was like, oh, my Zeus. So, you know, you never know, right? All right, cool. Who gives a shit? All right, you ready? Uh, <laughs> hey, guess what? This podcast doesn't matter, guys. <laughs> um, speaking of the Comedy Cellar, one of my buddies performed there uh, not long ago. And him and I went to hang out there this week, and uh, he's going to be performing at the Comedy Cellar again. Joe Schaefer. I don't know if you guys remember. He was a guest on my podcast. Um, he's a he's a cool dude. Uh, he's really good with impressions. If you listen to the podcast, you'll see that he can. He's very worldly with his comedy and his impressions. He can. He was like doing this French accent for like five minutes the other night. I saw him and popped into the lantern there where he was on stage and. Uh, I love his I love his accents man. He, he he was there was some French dude in the audience and they were like flirting back and forth uh, about the World Cup. So, great job, Joe. Speaking of him, a couple people that I'm going to have on in the future. Uh, one is Turner Sparks who started the comedy club. You know, Joe's from China or he he lived in China for 12 years, started doing stand up out there uh, and, and a big part of that was through Turner Sparks who started the comedy club in shanghai that i performed at uh i think he's going to be my next guest probably next week turner sparks they run shows around the city you know at the lantern new york comedy club uh stand up new york so uh i'm excited to have him on and talk about how he started the comedy club in china and how that really helped him really get a foot in the business and kind of catapult his career forward so they both performed at the comedy cellar doing some uh I am not exact. I think it was a themed show uh, for a uh, uh, China-type show. I I don't freaking know. I didn't get to see it. I, don't, I think they might have done the show in Chinese. I actually don't even know, to be honest. We'll have to ask Turner next week. And then I'm going to have James Camacho come on soon. Uh, I was on his podcast not too long ago. He's a funny dude. He's a little younger than me, but he reminds me of myself in some ways. You know, he's part Asian, part white. You can't really tell... Uh, it was good getting on his podcast a couple of weeks ago. He does a, a thing. Uh, his, his theme podcast is uh, I'm just a kid and it's about high school. So the guests that he bring on, they talk about high school. So it really got me to think back in terms of high school and some of the things that you don't really think about on a day to day basis, 10 years later. And when you, when you go back to that and that mindset, it's kind of fun. So those dudes are out here hustling in New York, getting out on the road, they're doing a bunch of stuff. Um, And speaking of high school, I was doing comedy last night and a girl from my high school and my middle school, uh, actually was in the crowd and she came up and said, what's up afterwards. This was like my first girlfriend or one of my first girlfriends in like sixth grade. I didn't even recognize her at first. And she was with, I think her boyfriend, some family or some friends. She didn't even know I was performing, but I got on stage and, uh, Luckily, I, I didn't suck, right? I didn't suck on stage. So it was cool that uh, she got to... I'm happy that she was there, right? I'm happy that somebody from my high school got to see me in that element, right? Uh, I think it was the first time anyone from my childhood has seen me perform at LOL, as far as I can remember. And it was great to, you know, it's great to see people, right, That you that you grew up with. And, you know, we look different over the course of time. We're all we're all, uh, changing and, you know, moving on with our lives and things like that. So it was, it was cool to just kind of take a step back, uh, into, into history into my own, into our own history, I guess there. So, um, I was talking about the podcast so I want to mention. I was on this dude's podcast earlier this week. It's, uh, it's called the fake outrage reports by Phil Cossie and Sandeep Sen. They do this, uh, this podcast, I think it's weekly, and, uh, you know, you get on there, and you, they like to rant on a couple stories, and, you know, basically, they, they break down news stories, and it's, it's fun, right? We talked about these two random news stories going on, if you guys want to listen, it's, it's a different format than what I do here, so if you guys listen in, you want to get exposed to a new podcast, check out the Fake Outrage Report, right, by Phil Kossi and Sandeep Sen, so... Anyway, um, what else? I auditioned for UCB yesterday and their academy, so it's their upper-level program for uh, their, their essentially studious. It's like their grad school. It's like the grad school of UCB, if you will. I got my undergraduate at UCB, even though my undergraduate was pretty much like my master's degree in the world of you guys are probably extremely confused by I got a I got an undergraduate degree at the University of Missouri in in business and then I took uh, UCB's school system so I consider just their regular undergraduate if you will, which they don't call it that, but their UCB 101 through 401 I consider that my master's degree in life because you know I'm trying I'm comedy is my my realm, that's my dream that's I'm going all in, 100% balls to the wall. And um you know, in entertainment, it's all tied together, Uh, but UCB has an upper level uh, thing, so that was a little, a little doozy that I did yesterday, and, you know, got to, got to get a little practice auditioning, you know, with some, some stakes and a little pressure, you know, (laughs) I was like, hey, uh, I'm nervous, okay, cool. All right. You guys tired yet? Because we're about an hour in, and I am not even close to done. Just kidding. We're we're getting closer. I'll try to I'll try to limit it to a, like less than another thirty minutes. Can you guys deal with that? Okay. Awesome. Love you too. So, what else? Um, I wanted to say that you know I told you guys that I got a, a part in that feature film. Uh, I I read the script right. I was a little skeptical because. It said that nudity was potentially required. I told them I wouldn't do any full frontal, but I didn't... I was a little skeptical, and, you know, I wanted to see the movie script to see exactly what this movie is going to be about. And after reading the script, I actually passed on the movie. So I, I do want to let you guys know. I apologize. If you're hoping to see me in this film, um, you know, sorry to let you down, but I, I didn't, there's too much shit in the movie, too much blood, and too much sex you know, so a lot of shit, uh, no, not metaphorically speaking, literally, literally speaking too much shit in the movie, so, uh, I'm sorry, I I just gotta pass, it's not my thing, anywho, um, I wanted to tell you guys that, yeah, and and if you're wondering why I did that, you know, I was talking to a couple of my friends, just going with my gut, right? I talked to this one comedian who's been in movies, he's been on TV, and he's the one, you know, I told him I had apprehensions about doing it, and he's like, just read the script first, and then if you're not feeling it after, you know, like, your part and all these things, and just don't do it. He's like, once, once you create a flick, it's out there for life, right? It's like a tattoo, except you can't get it removed, right? There's no movie removal or eraser from people's minds, uh, so you know, I thought it was just a little too over the top for me. Speaking of nothing that has to do with that though, I'm going to change the subject. I don't know if you guys have heard of the Twitter handle ramp capital, but it's been gaining a lot of, uh, notoriety on Twitter. It just passed 50,000 followers. You guys should check them out. It's a stock market sarcasm handle, um, that's been growing organically for, uh, several years now and if you like humor and you like the stock market check it out i may or may not know the person or persons behind ramp capital so i feel kind of cool there i'm not going to say anything more but check them out if you like the stock market especially um another thing i watched the, I, I watched that thing on hbo or i'm like three-fourths of the way through come inside my mind it's the story with uh, regarding robin williams uh it's really interesting stuff. Uh, he went to Juilliard. You guys think I should go to Juilliard? Huh? Maybe I'll meet uh, the next Chris Reeves. Or maybe I am the next Chris Reeves and I'll meet the next Robin Williams. Or Adam, Adam Driver. Adam Dreifer. Can I just be in Star Wars 9? i I'm. I really want to be in Star Wars 9 if I can. Carrie Fisher's going to be in it. That's a big news story that has nothing to do with comedy. But now you see the tie-in? I'm really excited. I want to be in Star Wars 9 with Carrie Fisher. But I think if... I think if they already know that she's gonna be in it, I it's probably too late for me, guys. Right? Maybe I'll get maybe I'll get into be like in a future Star Wars flick. How cool would that be if I was like a future Star Wars character? All right. I got some Star Wars posters here in my closet because I'm i I'm a closeted dork. Right? All right. Uh What else? Should I enroll in Juilliard? Yeah. Good good stuff, Mike. Great joke. All right. Uh, my dad knew Robin Williams from when my dad worked at Playboy. I may have talked about this before, but my dad's a pretty cool dude. Jazz musician. You guys probably remember when I had him on my podcast. I think it was episode 36 or 37, but we had a great conversation. You got to you know, learn about my dad and his jazz history, but... We didn't talk about Playboy because I don't think he wanted to go into that. I just didn't ask him out of respect, you know, keeping it keeping it cool. But I can secretly talk about it now and talk about how cool my dad is. Uh, you know, the fact that he worked for Playboy, he met Robin Williams. He said Robin Williams is just like you see him in these interviews. He's just going a thousand miles a minute with jokes nonstop, just bunch of stuff and nice guy you know he was he was cool to my dad he was personable didn't have anything negative to say about robin williams my dad's always liked robin williams stuff you know he's called him a a genius you know and i i agree robin williams has uh he's he's an amazing talent and and um you know put so much into his craft and if there's one thing i could say about robin williams and this is not a disingenuous joke and again i don't want to get too deep but Have you ever seen that movie where it's about his wife? He dies and goes to heaven and his wife is still living. Um, Fuck, I have to look this up really quick. It's called, the name of the movie that that I'm trying to think of is called What Dreams May Come. It's a movie about Robin Williams, or it's not about him, sorry. He's starring in the movie. And uh, he dies, he goes to heaven, and his wife kills herself. And in uh, many, I think it's especially the Catholic religion, um, if you kill yourself, it's an automatic sentence straight to hell, right? This is very deep. But again, you know, if you're not religious, you can still appreciate the metaphors or whatever. I'm still not going to reveal too much about my own thoughts. My religion is love. Um, But taking a sip of coca-cola here you know shout out to coke one of the sponsors of my show actually it's not but uh you know if you ever want to treat yourself and drink something that's equal to like putting gasoline in your system drink coke nothing better than that a little coca-cola i love that along with the smell of gas all right um so back to robin williams uh and what dreams may come his wife kills herself because she can't deal with his loss in this movie right And the movie's about him going through the depths of hell, I guess you could call it. Uh, You know, he figures out a way to go to hell and bring his wife back, right? And I thought that it was, I loved the concept, right? Regardless of what your beliefs are, basically he went all in for his wife. He never gave up on her. He never gave up on the love that he had for her. Even though everyone said you can't save her, you know, in the very end of that movie, he he never left her side. You know, it's kind of like, I'm riding riding—I'm riding this thing until the wheels fall off, uh, even if that means that our entire existence is erased from everything forever, right? He never left her side. I t- I, it's just a movie, and I'm starting to want to cry. I'm not going to lie. And I think what I'm trying to say in a, in a truly genuine way, I think the best thing I could ever say to Robin Williams is, It's a very sad ending to his life. I don't think anyone truly knows what happens. I don't know, I I haven't looked at the latest article on whether or not it was suicide or what, but if he did commit suicide, and if that is true that you go to hell after you commit suicide, then I pray for him that somebody goes through the depths of hell and never gives up on him and saves him and brings him back to the light because he's a genius. He's beautiful. He's a beautiful human being, you know, and I mean that obviously in a genuine, non-sexual way. Um, You know, Robin Williams has been a light to this world and shit. I'd like to think I'd go to through the depths of hell to save him or anyone else, you know, like that sounds I don't mean that in a cheesy way. I, I guess what I'm saying is I just I just hope that the job gets done if that's the case. Robin Williams, uh, God bless, rest in peace, uh, and I hope I hope he's in heaven, man. You know, I hope he's uh, at peace and just, um, you know, all, all the all the gifts that you know he's given to us. I, I hope that those are being given back to him. So, I'm gonna move on to some uh, some light more lighthearted stuff, but Robin Williams is awesome. So, anyway. Let's talk about my dad taking me to the Playboy Mansion. I think I talked about it before, but he, his old boss is still working there. I think they, they're, they sold the house recently. Uh, he was working there a few years ago when I went back to LA with my dad and we, we got into the Playboy Mansion. I got to see where the magic happens. Uh, got to chill in the grotto. Uh, it was great. Um, got to see a couple of Playboy bunnies. And by that I mean they have a zoo and they have actual bunny rabbits there. Those were the only bunnies I got to see that day. But I do know some girls over the course of time that have been affiliated with Playboy. I think I've talked about them before. Probably four or five girls. There's different levels of being, like, a pl- like uh, involved with Playboy, right? Like, w- there's one girl who I uh, actually had a, a fun weekend in New York with that took a bunch of uh, pictures with Playboy But they they could never actually use them because of uh, tats, right? Like, uh, Playboy can't have tattoos, but she's beautiful enough to be like one of their chicks. They just. Anyway, I'm bragging, all right? What can I say? I apologize. Humble brag. All right, cool, cool. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of this conversation topic. One thing I did a couple weeks ago is I went to Good Morning America. I wanted to see that uh, Nev Campbell was there, right? Nev Campbell was uh doing her thing and guys, what if I just like looked up and the whole world was like following this podcast all of a sudden that'd be kind of crazy. All right cool. Anyway, um Nev Campbell I tr- I woke up late though. I never get up that early and I got up early one morning to try to see Nev Campbell and I missed I missed it. I had tickets VIP like whatever I was gonna get on the floor because she was promoting her new movie and talking about how she uh, adopted a-, a son recently. Uh, which was pretty fun. She talked about how her son didn't even know she was an actress, and she kind of was hoping that that would stay anonymous. But through school, uh, the kids told him that you know his mom is Nev Campbell, an actress, etc. So he came home and he's like, "Mommy, are you Nev Campbell?" And she's like, "Yes, yes, son, I am." That's a little weird. Uh, she's like, she was talking about how it was weird to to hear that. And I have a really weird thought. I know this is gonna sound demented. Uh, by some people's terms, but when that kid gets older, you know like Nev Campbell's a milf. like there's no blood relation there. you know what I mean like I, if I was, if I was adopted by Nev Campbell and I grew up, I would be attracted to her. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to say. All right, sorry for throwing that out there, but it's the truth. like you can't not be attracted to Nev Campbell. Anywho. Um, all right. So, yeah, I I got to stand on the outside. I I got to be on TV for, like, a second in the background because I was, like, outside of the glass, like, looking at Michael Strahan read some of the stories. Uh, Today we have, like, two trains on a track. And one of them trains got to get off that track. That's Michael Strahan before the Super Bowl. Uh, But, yeah, it was cool to see him do his thing outside Good Morning America. I can't wait to meet him. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to Good Morning America when they have a good guest and see if I can... uh, you know politic I'm gonna see if I can politic and get on national TV and and meet Michael Strahan and do an impression for him all right you guys having fun with this podcast we're 111 we're at an hour and 11 minutes we got like 20 minutes to go or less um, so the one thing I remember from the Good Morning America is that um, the, the news story that they talked about, that that caught my attention was them talking about Sasha Baron Cohen, right? And his new show Who Is America. I started laughing already just thinking about, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen is so ridiculous uh and so funny and uh people like politicians were trying to speak out against him and try to boycott the show on Showtime before it's even come out because it makes a lot of politicians look stupid, right? Like, Sarah Palin was outraged. I think she called him, like, disgusting with his intentions as far as just, like, you know, he's, he's deceiving, manipulative or whatever to, <laughs> to make her look bad on camera. But uh, I haven't seen the show yet, if it's even out, but I, I am excited. I am intrigued. That, that bad press makes me want to watch the show, right? So, like, when politicians come out and they talk about how people should boycott the show because – He's making people look stupid. He's making a mockery out of the politicians. It makes me want to watch the show more. I was like, oh, th- now I'm intrigued. That's like the best press ever. That's the best pl- publicity for the show. I read this article today written by this dude named Michael Caputo. I guess he's like a, a Republican uh, politician down in Florida. I, I don't even know where, but he was warning politicians to be on their toes for Sasha, especially with the show. <laughs> you know, he's saying like, this dude will try to trick you into a, to an interview, cause he it tri- it happened to him and they rejected you know taking an interview. But he'll like disguise his his, his staff will, like disguise themselves, uh, and try to like set up a meeting. And then you know the intention is to have like hidden cameras and and make them look stupid. Right, it's kind of like mocking them. I think he was saying that he thinks that anybody that's a Republican, he's that like, got this political agenda, hates Republicans, blah blah blah. So. In a way, Sasha Baron Cohen is. (laughs) He's got a political influence. You know what I mean? Like, that's the power of comedy sometimes, guys. Um, And I think it's a good thing to. It keeps the politicians on their toes. I don't. I'm not favoring a certain party or anything like that here. But I think it's good to have the people, you know, be represented properly. So. If the politicians are on their toes because of the people, aka people like Sasha Baron Cohen, then it's gonna make them on point. You know, it forces you to like wanna be on point and speak correctly, present yourself properly, things like that, right? Like, not to say that I'm in favor of living out of fear, but if you do the right thing. I think uh, stuff takes care of itself for the most part. I'm also getting tired. Are you tired? Awesome. Okay, cool. Guys, we've gotten to the last part of the show. Uh, I am excited to just share one story. I've, I've been on the air for too long now. An hour and 14 minutes is just about too long. So I'm going to do one story for you guys, and then I'm going to call it a day, and we'll uh, get back to you in a week or so. So here is the Michael Oldroid stories section. All right, so I'm sharing... Uh, a story from the past here. It's a story about uh, a girl that I met on Bumble, okay? I should say uh, an interaction I had through Bumble. We matched back in, I I don't even know, it was months ago, several months ago. And uh, I told this, I shared this conversation thread with my friends uh, when we were in Japan actually, and they thought it was so funny. And entertaining so I'm gonna I'm gonna read you this Bumble conversation for those of you that don't know Bumble is one of the online dating apps it's one of the it's 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 similar to Tinder but it's it's like Sadie Hawkins of online dating which is you know for the millennials out there that don't know what the hell I'm talking about or Generation Z Sadie Hawkins it's like the 1960s version of dances where the girls ask the guys to dance so Bumble when you match the girl has to initiate the conversation in order for you to be able to have access to talking with her uh so after you match the girl gets to decide whether or not to initiate she gets to she gets to and has to be the one to make the opening line right so here's a girl that i matched with several months ago here's the conversation i'll let it unfold before your eyes i'm going to read it and kind of give you a little bit of a breakdown she says hi hii i said hey how are you happy friday thanks, I'm in China, you, and the reason I told her I'm in China is because she looks Chinese in her pictures, not to, not to, uh, when I say she looks Asian, I should say, Uh, I'm part Asian, I can say a blanket statement like that, uh, she said, nice, how do you like it, I said, it's nice, uh, I had a bad experience the other day, but aside from that, it's nice, obviously, you guys know the bad experience was that I was held hostage, right, Uh, anyway, I said, what part are you from? Maybe it said somewhere that she's from Mongolia, I think. I think it used to say that in her profile, so I wasn't stereotyping. Anyway, she said, oh, sorry to hear that, that you had a bad experience. What happened? I'm from Inner Mongolia. It's a cool place, haha, I said. I'll tell you about it sometime. Not yet, though. I didn't want to tell her. It's embarrassing, right? I said, thank you. Are you related to Emperor Khan? She's like, yep, you know a lot. Haha, I think she's making fun of me from the for, you know, just only knowing that Emperor Khan is from Mongolia. Uh, the Great Wall of China, which I got to hang out on, separated uh, China from Mongolia at one point in time. So anyway, Khan is like one of the, you know, I, I mentioned the Roman Empire earlier in this episode, and the, the Mongolian Empire empire ruled by Emperor Khan was also a gigantic empire. Uh, so, you know, Emperor Khan, hey, oh, I, Anyway, uh, sh- uh, she said, Yeah, you know a lot. I said, LOL, really, I assume a lot of people are related to Emperor Khan. The reason I say that is because, you know, in evolutionary terms, right, not spiritual or like Jesus type, but in evolutionary terms, Emperor Khan, from Darwin's perspective, Emperor Khan is like the highest order, right? From religious terms, some people might think he's the devil. <laughs> uh for uh spreading his seed and being a a ruler by fear and by force right Uh, it's kind of a a devil type thing to do unless you're ruling by love which is a god a god type thing anyway though um i said uh she said not really as many people not not at least not many people here now uh so I, I avoided that. I, I guess I moved on. I was like, are you, are you related to him for real? Uh, and, she's, and she... Uh, I guess she never answered that question. Anyway, I'm going to skip some of this conversation. We talk about where do you live, blah, blah, blah. Um, I said, let's text if you're comfortable with it. She said, okay. Uh, when will you get back? What are you looking for here, right? When a girl asks, "What are you looking for?" right off the bat, that's usually me who asks, right? When she does, she's getting to the point. I'm like, "Well, this girl's kind of business-like." I, I guess I appreciate her forwardness. And oftentimes, when a girl says that, unless you say, "I'm looking for a relationship," it's, it's really over. Uh, oftentimes, right? If they put you on the spot, but I'm, I'm genuine. I, I. This is a lesson about how being honest and genuine. Not only is the right thing to do, it doesn't always work out in your favor, and that's fine. You just got to take your losses because the wins, when you're honest, are worth it. And I told her I'm not looking for anything serious, right? You guys know that I may or may not have a girlfriend now, and that's beside the point if you're wondering how the hell that happened. But let's focus on this Emperor Khan girl. I'm going to call her Khan because I don't want to give up her new real name. So I'm talking to Khan here, K-A-H-N. Uh, I said I'm not looking for anything serious. I was honest with her, right? Which I thought was gonna be a deal breaker, but I didn't want to lie. I said you, she, and she said same. So I'm like, oh shit, right? That's what that's what we talking about. So I said, I, I said I never hear a female say that. LOL. Uh, I get back Monday anyway. What's your number? She said, LOL. But I am a female for sure. I'm like, thanks, Con. I appreciate that, and no, I, did, I didn't say thanks. Uh, She said, "What do they say normally?" I said, "Um, "I said good that you're a female because I only like females sexually." Um, I said, "What's your phone number?" And she responds, "I am not bullshitting you. I'm reading this text verbatim." She said, "How tall are you?" Question mark. And then she said, "Also, can I know your cock size?" Like when I read that, I like spit my drink out. Right? I was like, "What in the heaven?" Right? I was like. Con, what in the heaven did you just say to me? Uh, So I told her my height. I told her my cock size. And I said, how tall are you? Uh, And then I read her profile. I said, actually, I see. It says you're 5'9". I'll be back on Tuesday. Do you want to meet this week? Blah, blah, blah. Right? So I don't really need to go on from this because I think you guys don't really care about the rest of this conversation. I think what you guys want to know is, is this chick real? Right? I'm going to read, I just want to make sure that there's nothing else here that's relevant in our conversation. Actually, there there is something uh, relevant here. She said, do you have other partners, right? Sex partners. Uh, I said, not at the moment. Uh, And and she said, she said, do you have enough partners? And if so, how many? I said, I don't have any partners currently. You? She goes, oh, come on, Michael. And I was honest. I was like, "I, I haven't had sex in a few weeks. I've been in China. Uh... Uh, I've been in Asia. Nothing. I have nothing planned yet. Uh, I just let the sex happen naturally. It's it's not difficult for me to get or anything like that if you're like questioning me. Um, And she's like, what problem do you have? No sex for weeks. I was like, no problem. I'm starting to get frustrated. Now she's like accusing me of like not being like uh, having high demand with the ladies. Right. So it's starting to veer away from the direction that I I thought we were both on the right track. I'm like, no problem. I've seriously just been busy. I've been traveling. When is the best time for you to meet this week? She freaking says, I doubt whether you could have the sex ability or not, LOL, after a few weeks. Probably I think you need to find some other girls to practice some before you reach out to me, LOL. I'm like, what the fuck is this girl talking about? I mean, it makes sense what she's saying, So, but I'm just in disbelief that she's... First of all, that's very cocky too, it's very presumptuous. So I said, are you joking? That is extremely condescending and ignorant. I have chosen not to have sex for a few reasons. It was my choice, I don't need to practice. She said, Mmm, I like this reason. No, I just be forward and honest about what my thoughts and mean no offending. Cause blank inches is definitely a great one. <laughs> She's referring back to what I told her, all right? Uh, I said, good, can't wait to give you all blank inches. Uh, when are you free? She said, where do you live? Do you live by yourself? I told her where I live. Um, let's see if anything else is relevant here. And then she... Uh, <laughs> and then she gave me her number. So uh, I had people <laughs> placing bets as to whether or not this girl was real, right? When they're reading this conversation. We are reading this... This conversation or part of the conversation up up until the how big is your cock uh, with my friends uh, in Asia, and I hadn't met this girl yet, right, because I still hadn't come home at that time. And I, I feel like there was bets taking place as to whether or not this was a girl, first of all, and two, if the person is literally like a real person and who they say they are. Like, does, does this person match their pictures? So do you, what do you guys think? Do you think she's do you think she's real? Uh, I'm going to share some interesting news with you. I'm going to share, I'm, I'm starting to open up a little bit more. Fuck it. You know, I think that this, it makes it fun and interesting. Uh, the ruling on this particular situation is she was a real person. She is exactly who she said she was. And <laughs> I gave her all blank inches. So, uh, we didn't go on a date. She uh, she just came over to my apartment. I met her in the in the uh, downstairs downstairs lobby, and uh, you know, basically just came upstairs and got naked. So, um, if you're envious uh, of that, uh, then the lesson learned is the best advice. I feel like I could be. I kind of want to like like be like Hitch, but I want to be like. The good hitch like i'm not going to teach guys how to get laid to use girls like i'm not going to teach guys how to just get laid or how to use girls or things like that my philosophy and my methodology and who i want to help is i'm not i'm not going to say i'm limiting it to just love right like i will teach someone how to find love but more but but i also i won't teach a dude how to use a girl and how to manipulate them but i will teach how to like be transparent and honest with girls and, and, and kind of give real life examples like this one about how being honest does have its payoff. Right. And it was mutually, it was a mutually beneficial situation. There was no, um, hidden agenda. There was no using taking place. It was literally like, I'm not going to say it was like a business transaction, but it was like a, you know, a, a deal, right. It was like a, a business deal, uh, essentially. So feel free to um. Empl- employ that into your own lives if you're strugg- struggling with girls or struggling with guys. Just just be honest with your intentions, man. You're not gonna always get what you want, but when it does hit, it's a match, right? Uh, rather than trying to scheme, going back to that whole religious thing, right? Like, I know religion would, would look down on, a lot of religions would probably look down on the fact that I was having sex with with this chick and we're not married but uh, what I can say is I didn't I wasn't being deceitful right Uh, I wasn't being deceitful with it uh, which I think is it makes it less bad I guess you could say I in terms of any type of moral compass I think being honest and being straightforward and, and you know sharing what your intentions truly are there there is not only is it the right thing to do, but it, there there is a benefit to it. So, anyway, I'm going to get off. You guys have been great. We did an hour and a half today. Congratulations to all of us for making it through the podcast. I'm, always, I'm honestly exhausted. It's 7 o'clock now on a Saturday night. I'm going to go do comedy here in an hour. Um, I got two shows tonight, so I got to go get some rest. I'm going to probably rub one out, take a little nap, rehydrate, and go smash these motherfuckers with some of my jokes. All right. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week. Peace. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's (laughs) horny?